0: Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from our training facility here in Weatherford, Oklahoma. It is middle of the afternoon and I've escaped to the office with my trusty friend Gus, also known as Wade's little chunky corgi that likes to get up here in the office in the AC. He's a quite a personality and then he is a he is a hair producing machine so I'm sure he's getting hair all over the carpet in here but but anyway he's my buddy and so we break the rules kind of once in a while me and Gus do as far as letting him in and and letting him hang out here in the office and oh like you've heard me talk we're kind of in the middle of the dog days of summer just like it is a lot of places I think it's triple digits today i don't know i think it's supposed to get a little hotter every day this week till we get to uh roughly 150 degrees or so <laughs> maybe not quite that bad but it shoot it was hot by 10 45 this morning it felt like so anyway we got around early and got horses worked and got things wrapped up decent time and so it's all good it's all good it's just uh did that time of year. So this morning, there's a, a young trainer that contacted me last week about bringing a two-year-old to get some help with, and real good guy. He's been to one of my clinics, and good, hand, good cowboy, good hand with a horse. He'd got to a point where he could tell his horse was getting pretty frustrated, and he knew he was missing some little thing. Because he, he wasn't getting, you know, he knew that he was creating some confusion and frustration and not creating a situation where that horse knew what the answer was or knew what the response was that he was asking for. And, you know, I told him, I, I said, uh, he texted me, he said, well, what time you want to start? And I said, well, or what time are you going to start? And I said, well, right at daylight and i knew this morning i mean right at daylight if not earlier he'd be here and of course he was he was and he had to come from about an hour and a half away and so you know he he's putting out the effort to get better and he also shoes horses he had some horses to shoe over in this area and we got to work a couple colts and i actually had him help me with one that i was just putting the first ride on and so it was it was a good It was a good trade-off for both of us, but the two-year-old he was working with, he's got that horse riding pretty good, but that horse was not real soft in the face. And here again, we've talked about this a ton here lately, but when they're not soft in the face, really and truly, the first place you need to go look is right behind your leg, right under your leg, which is the rib cage because when that horse just like this two-year-old that when he would when he would disengage that horse's hindquarters or do a lateral flex or a one-range stop the first thing that would happen would be that horse would flex but that horse's head would elevate first and then come back well just like i was explaining to him anytime time you take the slack out of the bridle reins and the first move with your horse's head is up the only thing that can happen is that horse's back hollows out because when that horse's head elevates that does not help keep that horse round across its back and think about this so the first thing i had him do was just get his hands out to the side more and down and slide that inside leg back and bring that nose tip that nose say to the right use your right leg slide your right leg back in front of your back cinch so it's right in front of your back cinch and get that get that rib cage broke loose and get that hind quarter disengaging because like I explained to him if you can't If you can't push that hind quarter out, you can't push that hind quarter in. So before you can slide your leg, use your outside leg to push that hind quarter in, you got to be able to push it out. Otherwise, if you're sliding your inside leg back against that rib cage and you're not getting any response and that horse is basically pushing into you, That's the same thing that's going to happen say when you've got that horse's nose tipped to the left and you're sliding your right leg back to push that hip in to either go into a turn or a lead departure or whatever you're doing, you're going to, you're going to meet with resistance. That horse is going to push against you. A horse's first instinct when it feels direct pressure is to push against it. It, it, It's first instinct, you know, in my experience is to push against direct pressure. When it first feels direct pressure, its first instinct is to resist against it or push against it or pull against it. It's just like the first time you go to lead a horse. When you just take the slack out of the lead rope and you pull, what happens? The horse pulls back. I mean, 99 times out of a hundred, that's what they're going to do. If not a hundred times out of a hundred, you know, today I worked, uh, I put the first ride on a two-year-old that, that I've been working on the ground for about a week cause he's a bucker. And, and I mean, when he does it, he's, he's pretty good at it. And the bad part about it is this horse, like he doesn't give you much warning. Like he, he's, He's uh when he flips that switch, it's it's game on. And that's you know, that's tricky because you're you're just dealing with mother nature there. You're just dealing with with a horse's well, I'm not even gonna say mother. I'm gonna back up and say that you're just dealing with a hair trigger instinct that God has instilled in that horse. One of the things against This two year old that I got on today, that we put the first ride on today, is when he came, he wasn't halter broke. He'd never been tied up. He didn't know, he didn't even know how to give the pressure with the halter, which is fine. I don't mind horses coming like that. But, you know, it's taken me a good bit of time to just get him to follow his nose and not, because this horse is strong. This horse is pretty developed, and, and he's of a pedigree that that is known for being tough and gritty. So like with him, I've done a lot off of a snubbing horse off of another horse to just help this colt follow his nose and understand how to give to pressure. Because, number one, if you can't get him to do it with the halter, if they're fighting you every time you apply pressure The slightest amount of pressure with that halter, if they haven't started to figure out that when they feel that stimulation, they need to put out some effort and try to find the response. Well, if they're doing that with the halter, there's a real good chance they're going to do it in every other thing you do. They're going to do it every other time you ask them for a response in their body. You know, I always remember that the fir- a horse's first instinct is to push or to resist against direct pressure. I mean, just think about it. How many times do you go to take the slack out of the bridle reins? And especially when your horse doesn't have any warning, what's the first thing they do? Well, first thing they're probably going to do is elevate their head, stiffen their body. Well, that's resisting. That's, that's pushing against pressure. You know, that's anticipation of being pulled on. Anytime you have your horse associating you taking the slack out of the bridle reins with get ready to brace against it or push against it, we're, we're, uh, we're headed the wrong direction. We're headed the wrong direction so just like this morning with this young trainer and this like i said this guy's real talented real good cowboy really really good cowboy and he's smart you know he he knew he was missing some little piece just like with this colt of his by by getting his hand out more and down pretty soon and getting that getting that hind quarter disengaged pretty soon that head was coming down and back, down and back, down and back. Well, you think about this. When your horse, when their head drops and comes back, you can watch their head and you can tell if that horse is flexing in its rib cage laterally and vertically, meaning laterally side to side, vertically across its back. Because the only way a horse's neck can come down and back and find that release point and be really soft is if that horse's rib cage, if that horse is softened in its rib cage laterally and vertically. They got to be round in their back, round laterally, round and round across their back. And here's the thing when a horse understands to find that position with their body to find that release point then you've got that horse's body in a position to do a lot of different things you know it's just like we were talking this morning and you know in the performance horse world we need to control speed and direction and we need our horses to be able to rate stop and turn you know and just keep it that simple we got to control speed and direction. Our horses have to be able to rate, stop, and turn and accelerate. I'll throw accelerate in there too, but accelerating's pretty easy for everybody. <laughs> Spe- speeding up is not our nemesis. I mean, getting them to speed up, I can fix that in about three seconds. I can get them speeding up. But after we get them sped up, we got to be able to control speed and direction by being able to rate, stop and turn, or a combination of one or two or all of the above, right? You know, if your horse can, if you've got control of speed and direction, you're going to have control of rate and stop and acceleration, and you're going to have control of turns, right, right or left. Well, the key to that is is putting your horse's body in a position that they can do that. So like this morning, we did we worked on three simple exercises. We worked on disengaging the hindquarters, getting that horse broke loose in its rib cage and getting that horse basically out of self-defense mode because what those horses do is they go into self-defense mode, which is a reactive response, and they get stuck in that rib cage. Well, you've heard me talk about this before, but it but it's worth repeating. If that horse is stuck in their rib cage, they're gonna become bilateral, meaning they're gonna pivot on their front end, and they're, wherever the head goes, the hind quarter's gonna go the opposite direction. Head goes to the left, hindquarters to the right, and they pivot on their front end. Horrible, horrible habit for our horses to have. But I know years ago, I had horses that did it, and I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know what was causing it. I didn't know how to fix it. I mean, I didn't always understand the bilateral tendencies of a horse and the difficulty or the challenges that we face getting that horse buttery soft in that rib cage because you know it's all about controlling their feet you know controlling their feet through their mind and I need those front feet and those back feet the shoulders the hindquarters and the rib cage to work together, not against each other. Because when when the shoulders and the hindquarters and the rib cage, you know, when the rib cage is working against us, then we end up in a tug of war on that horse's face. And it, you can watch it time after time. You know, pick any event, you can pick it out go video a run, slow it back down. You can see clear as a bell, if that horse is being bilateral and pushing against that pressure, or if they're being soft in that rib cage and they're they're soft laterally and vertically, meaning across their back and side to side. You know, I always talk about this when i'm and i and we talked about it at length this morning you can watch that horse's head when you pick up on that rein and you put your leg against that your inside leg against that rib cage encouraging that horse to to find that release point you know when you pick up on that rein and you lay that leg against that horse's rib cage you know when that horse's head comes down and back down and back That horse's head will tell you when you've got that softness in both places of that rib cage. It took me a long time to get that, to really figure that out and to really read my horse. Now, I I can tell you instantly if that horse is, if I'm getting that softness both places, you know, and that horse has got to be soft across the top of its back and it's got to be soft laterally because if it isn't if it isn't that horse's head will kind of come back in a funny twist and its head will be kind of up and that horse will be kind of flexed laterally but you can tell it's uncomfortable you can tell that horse is uncomfortable you can tell there's a pinch and you know this morning with this trainer when he was bringing his rein around to say, just imagine going to the right when he was, he was bringing that rein more to his hip, where his belt is. And I had him drop his hand down more to just, you know, four or five inches above his knee on his thigh and get his hands out wider and really make it easy for his horse to find that answer And it didn't take long, and the look in that horse's eye, and he noticed it immediately, the look in that horse's eye changed immediately, got softer. When that horse would give him the response he was asking for, and he'd release, that horse went to licking its lips. And you could see a change in that horse just instantly. And like I told him when he left this morning when we got done, I said, you know, give yourself two weeks And go home and work on those simple exercises and soften that horse's mind. Meaning when you soften that horse's mind and you build confidence with that horse, that horse gets out of the habit of being defensive. That horse gets out of the habit of going into self-defense mode where that horse is going to get stiff in its rib cage, head elevated, back hollowed out, And that's all about, that's all from building trust and confidence. And, you know, I know we've talked about that in the past and, you know, I don't don't wanna just beat it to death, but at the same time, I can't stress how important that is because every horse I rode today, that's what I worked on. I've got horses that are pretty advanced. Now they still they're still in training, and we still got a ways to go. But you know, I rode some horses today that are pretty dead gum advanced, but I'm still working on that daily softening that rib cage, because you know those horses have got to be able to be soft laterally and vertically in a small tight circle and be comfortable and balanced, because if they're not you're not going to beat anybody in any performance event where you have to control speed and direction because there will be somebody that does have that and they will be tough to beat because once, once your horse understands that that's the release point and you have lots and lots of repetitions and you create that muscle memory with them, just like you create in yourself, You create a situation where, when you put all the speed with it, you get to retain more softness than somebody that doesn't have that. You know, you've always heard me talk about, any of you that have been at my clinics, you've always heard me talk about with speed, you know, and this is just my estimation, but I think it's pretty close. With speed, you're going to lose 60 to 70% of that softness that you have at the slower speeds you know getting a horse soft at a slower speed that's not tough you know and if we're struggling in with softness at a slower speed there ain't no reason to speed up because with speed you're gonna it's gonna feel like you're got your bridle hung on a post and you're pulling on a post that's just stiff as a board because with speed that that's that's the test that is the test um you know so just like with this trainer this morning you know like i said this guy's sharp good cowboy got a bright future in this business you know I, i really complimented him on the fact that he's he's really thinking and he's really trying to get better. And he knows that it's just, a lot of times, it's just something small that he's missing. And when you ride by yourself all the time, that, that, sometimes those little ruts are hard to get out of. So, so what I'm going to encourage everybody that's listening today to think about is, you know what? We've all got a lot of things to work on. Myself included. There's a lot of stuff I want to get better at. I want to learn more about. But do this. Think about, okay, what, what is one thing that is really challenging for me right now and my horses? Or think about one thing that is a recurring theme, meaning every horse I ride... I have this same challenge. Which that's a good thing because if you can if you can pinpoint it then you can fix it. Then you can get help. Then you can go to somebody that you that is reputable that you trust and say, "Hey, can you help me with this?" And that in some cases is life-changing. And in all cases, it's going to help you progress and improve. You know, you have to be able to pinpoint those challenges. And this today was just a great example. I was just, I was so proud of of this trainer because I thought, you know what? Because this, this guy's had a lot of success. Good, good guy. I mean, a great guy. Good cowboy. Good competitor. But, you know, he made a commitment and he put a lot of effort into getting here at daylight to work that colt because he knew, you know, he didn't know for sure I was going to be able to help him or not, but he had a little bit of confidence in me. (laughs) Otherwise, he wouldn't have drove an hour and a half and who knows what time he got up. I mean, I was out there, you know, I was out there a little after five and it wasn't, I mean, I bet he pulled in. But he pulled in not too much after that, 30 minutes or so maybe, maybe an hour. I didn't look at the clock. I didn't look at my phone or a clock, but, you know, and so that meant he probably left his place at 4 or 4.30, so that means he was probably, you know, I bet he'd got up at 3 or 3.30. Well, that's, you know, that's putting out the effort, you know, so and and i know a lot of you out there are that same way i know you're doing those same things and you know i told him you know as long as he has that growth mindset he's gonna he's gonna make it in this business but you have to have that growth mindset you have to be willing to say you know what this ain't working and i know there's other people that are getting it to work, so I need to pinpoint what my challenge is. Go fix it because I guarantee in a couple of weeks, when he comes back this way to shoe some horses and and uh, bring some horses to ride with me, I guarantee you this will be a different colt. And I, and I would say it'll be a huge difference in a couple of weeks. You know that was just another real life example of. You know, number one, understanding what your challenge is. Number two, knowing that there's an answer. And number three, just go find the answer. Go find someone that'll help you get the answer and then get moving, get moving. Don't wait. i tell you one thing I would tell everybody out there. Get out of the habit of procrastinating. Move. Move forward. Make the call. Do what you got to do, but get out of the habit of making excuses why you can't do it today. Get moving. Get moving. You know, and whether that's whatever, whatever that's physical fitness, mental fitness, spiritual fitness, progressing your training, get moving. Get moving. Quit making excuses and get moving. I, I was, I was the world's best at it years ago. I could make an excuse for this or that, you know. Thankfully, today, I'm not the person I was then. When wasn't that I was a bad guy, nothing. But I figured out, you know what? If you don't do something, you'll never do anything. So figure out one little thing that you can change and get help with and progress, get moving, get moving. Push yourself, push yourself. Put one thing on a list for tomorrow that you need to do to help yourself get better and leave it on your list every day. Do it tomorrow, cross it off, put it on your list for the next day, do it again, cross it off and continue because we got to push ourselves. If you're waiting for somebody else to do it, you'll never start anything. Push yourself. Get better. Get better. You got it in you. You got it in you. You got greatness in you. Just reach down and get it. Reach down and get it. You can do it. You can do it. Hey, I want to thank all our listeners. We're, we're creeping up on half a million downloads, which is just awesome. And. We really appreciate that. i tell you one thing. If you would share these episodes, share them with other people. You know, it. I was listening to a book this week called um, Sustain Your Game. And he said, you know, the thing about lighting someone else's candle, you can light someone else's candle and it doesn't take anything away from yours. Meaning help others share this. It may help somebody else. Hey, have a, Have a great week of training. God bless. And as always, today and every day, always be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, head over to philhagenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at Horsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're gonna be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I wanna encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.